Okay, you can put away the uh, salt and the snow shovel and uh, tune in for us, will you? And stick around for the next half hour. Skulls here on the Thursday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Email address anytime, by the way, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I'll give you some other information throughout the half hour that you can use to reach out to Lior and his team at, uh, at any time. We're going to get to all about constructive dismissal. We talked about wrongful dismissal yesterday, so we're going the other side. But first, pal, the case of the day, what do you got, uh, what do you got cooking? Hey, John, really exciting. Great to be here. I always get, uh, you know, feeling good this time of year. You know, holidays are almost upon us. I get that extra burst of energy. But Mm -hmm. it's not because it slows down, actually, in my office. It's been incredibly busy, uh, you know, this week and and previous week. So a lot of people still calling with employment law questions. A lot of uh, issues still arise even this time of year, maybe more than ever for some reason. So if you're one of these individuals dealing with an employment law issue. Maybe things are not going the way you want them to. Well, guess what? You, you're you listening to the right show right now. You have that opportunity to call us and give me the ability to answer that question, tell you what to do, and, of course, help you out, tell you what that the law does for you. And it does a lot. Employment laws in this province, really across the country, do a lot to protect employees. Unfortunately, not too many employees know the extent of the protections that are available right. to them. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we want to talk to you about this would be uh, a very uh, uninteresting show that uh, we've been doing for 10 years if there really were no laws. There's a lot of laws, <laughs> a lot of good value that you can learn about. So call us right now on the show. Let me help you. And let me start off, of course, with the situation that came across my desk. I spoke with an individual who worked for a small organization, about 12 people, uh, and that organization was closing. They, uh, all the 12 people got notice uh, a few weeks ago that the, that the company is going to close down at the end of the year. They got uh, two months exactly notice that end of the year, unfortunately, owners decided to shut down and they're going to all be uh, saying goodbye to each other. And uh, they asked a couple of the employees, say, well, do we get any severance uh, at the end? They said, no, we give you enough notice because we're a small company. That's what the owner mm-hmm. said. All we had to do is give you eight weeks notice. We've done that. So no severance uh, is going to be paid. Well, one of these employees knew better or at least knew that they needed to call me. So I spoke with them earlier today. And uh, here's the thing. And I hope that our regular listeners are jumping up saying, well, I know this. I know this because it does not matter. The size of the company does not matter. You absolutely still are owed severance. Now, in this situation the two months notice that they've received counts towards their severance, but they're still owed additional severance. A lot of these employees had been there for over 10 years. So they were owed probably north of a year's severance. So yes, they received two months, the equivalent of two months, but they're still owed potentially another nine, 10, 12 months on top of that. And the big misconception here is that somehow a small company, this is only 12 employees, not a big payroll, uh, not, not a large organization by any means, doesn't have to be pay severance. Well, that's wrong. That's a, that's false. That's a misconception. Completely, completely wrong. Whether you work for a company with one employee or 100,000 employees, severance has to be paid, and it's based on your age, position, and the length of your employment. So I'm going to help him get severance. He's already telling his colleagues that they need to call me as well so that we can get the severance that they're owed. And this is not about, John, punishing the company. It's right. nothing to do with that. It's simply what the law provides. You know, the law is the law. If the law says you should get another 12 months pay, 
then you should get it. I don't decide what the law is. So you should never feel bad about pursuing your rights. So again, losing your job, yes, you're owed severance. Big company, small company, it's all the same. Yeah, make that phone call right off the top. That is how you reach out to Lior. That's your first line of defense, right? The knowledge, the education, one 821 5900 to do so. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's interesting too, when you, uh, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, if you have a place in that situation where there's more than one, there's several, if not dozens of people, you know, getting let go at the same time. And, you know, you might have two buddies thinking, you know, we've been here at the same time, you know, we're similar in age and work. How come your summers is so much less or how much more than mine? It, it really is tailored to each person, isn't it? That's right. Because the factors are your age, your position, your length of employment. So if you have exactly the same job as someone else, you're the same age and you've been there the same amount of time, then yeah, your severance should be the same. But if those factors are not the same, then severance is going to be different. And at the end of the day, something I want to keep in mind, because I've heard this many times. So mm-hmm. an employee calls me there. I tell them, yes, they're owed severance. And they say, well, wait a second, Lior. Everyone else got two weeks per year. So are you saying that was all wrong? How can they all be wrong? Well, guess what? It is wrong. The fact that everyone else got shafted and got a bad deal does not mean that that's right, does not mean that you're not owed more. The law makes that determination and consider yourself lucky if you know better. And of course, by listening to the show, hey, now you do know better. You betcha. And we're going to get into our topic for the day as we uh, we roll on here. That is all about constructive dismissal. A uh, difference between a constructive dismissal and a regular dismissal. Break it down, pal. So regular dismissal, we know what it is. You know, many of us have gone through it. Regular dismissal is a situation where a company makes the decision that you don't work there anymore. Company makes a decision to let you go. They've decided for their reasons, whether we agree or not, doesn't matter. They've decided you're going to be gone. So they call you into a meeting, say, today's your last day or next month is your last day. You're gone. So the reason you've left there is because the company made a decision. So regular standard dismissal. A constructive dismissal is a situation where the company doesn't make the decision. You make the decision that by the way the company treated you, it's as if they let you go. So with a constructive dismissal, the effect is the same, that you're owed severance, but the way you get there is different. The company doesn't decide that you're gone. In fact, from their perspective, they may think that you're continuing to work, but you're saying not so fast company. Because of what you did, and we'll talk about that and and give some examples in a second, but because of what you did, I'm choosing to consider my employment as being terminated. I'm considering myself as being dismissed, and now you have to pay me my severance. That's a constructive dismissal. The difference then is whether the company made the decision or you made the decision, but guess what? Either way, you wrote severance. Okay, we popped the lid off this one. We'll take a short break and get into it uh, even more deeply. In the meantime, this will be your opportunity to grab a phone. And uh, again, your, your calls are always top priority, so don't hesitate regardless of our topic. Employment Law Show continue. Welcome back. You bet Thursday night, getting on into your weekend very shortly here. Answer your questions and queries for sure. 416-870-6400. Just getting a couple calls lined up as we get back into our topic. Uh, Lior, and that is all about constructed dismissal. You told us what it was. Give us some uh, some basic examples of common constructed dismissal uh, situations, pal. That's right. So remember, constructive dismissal is a situation where because of what the company did, you're choosing to consider yourself as being dismissed. And of course, company has to pay severance. So examples. Mm -hmm. Examples have to do with any time your employer makes significant changes 
to the terms of your employment. They change your job, they change your pay, they change your hours. So, you know, a pay cut, for example. Not any pay cut, but a more significant pay cut, let's say 15% or more. Well, if your employer imposes that, they reduce your pay, you can choose to say, by doing that, it's as if you've dismissed me, call that constructive dismissal, now you have to pay me severance. Same thing if you've been demoted. That's a big deal, right? It can be embarrassing, it can hurt your career. Well, again, you can choose instead of accepting that demotion to consider yourself as being dismissed. And of course, now severance has to be paid. Uh, change to shifts to your hours. You used to work days. Now they want you to work afternoons or you used to start in, uh, you know, to work weekdays. Now they want you to work on the weekends. So that's a big change. That could easily be a constructive dismissal. So the most common constructive dismissal is a situation where your employer took whatever terms of employment you had and changed them. That now gives you that option, gives you that choice. And, of course, the result of that is your employer has to pay you your full severance. Well, start getting some calls here for the uh, the evening. Mark, thanks for hanging on. What's uh, what's your question, pal? So uh, my question is uh, I'm a supervisor at a a, a big company that has multiple locations. Uh, The location I'm at has 63 people. And then I've been only there five months. Uh, Since I started, I have an issue with people being late. Uh, I tried to work with the, the team to make them improve their attendance. It did work with, with the majority of people. It did actually work. They improved. They're coming on time, which is wonderful. Uh, I have a couple of people that uh, they're still coming late, even after a verbal warning, written warning. And then I have even one of them saying, when I was uh, giving him the written warning, it was, he's like, well, fire me and give me a package. So in, in their mind, they, they think if they get fired, they're going to get packaged. So my question is, if, if, if there's enough evidence that the company tried very hard to fix an issue, but this individual did not want to work with the company, so is he still qualified for a package? So my first question, Mark, those employees that we're talking about, are they unionized or not? No. Okay. So here's what you do. Uh, a verbal warning, frankly, kind of a bit of a waste of time. It has to always be in writing. So what you do is uh, you, you'd send them a note, you, or you it can even be by email. Doesn't have doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be anything that you hand them by hand. As long as it's yeah. in writing, saying you know you've been late. We talked to you about that. We expect you to be on time, or else there could be di- further disciplinary measures. They come back late again. You give them another warning. They do it again. You give them a final warning, and you say if you're late again. Uh, your employment may be terminated for cause. And then, then if they do it, yes, you can let them go and not have to pay them severance. But you have to have those warnings. You have to have at least a couple of warnings and then a final warning where you tell them that if it happens again, you're going to have no choice but to terminate for cause. If you do that and you have that in writing, including that final warning, then yes, you will be in a position to terminate and not have to pay severance. If you skip steps... If you go from a verbal warning to a termination, then you you would have to pay seven. So if you put in the time, do the work, then you'll be okay. Because right. I actually refer them to this show. I'm like, guys, you need to call. I give them the number. I'm like, call this show so you know you're right. I'm like, I don't think you guys know you're right. I'm like, call the show, ask the questions. It's free. You're not going to get charged. But uh, thank you. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let them know, and then maybe they'll call you. All right. Sounds good. Hey, Stephanie, thank you for, or Stefan, thank you uh, so much for, for chiming in. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's up? 
Um, so I'm hoping for some advice. I was I have been on maternity leave with my company since June of 2021, and I was set to go back this month. However, over that course, my job has gone from a um, office position to a work at home position, and I don't have the internet speeds to accommodate the job any longer. Um, so the, I don't have a position to return to. And um, they've been like back and forth trying to figure out what to do with me um, or if they have a position for me. And they've come back with a like base level position at another location. Um, it's like start from scratch. And they said that they would give me my current wage for one week for every year that I worked at their position. And then I basically would be starting back at like base level wage and everything. Um, so that's six weeks at my current wage and with my full benefits. And then I go to a new position and everything. And I just want to know if that, like, what kind of comeback do I have to this or do I have to accept this new position? So Stephanie, you, you said that, uh, you don't have proper internet speeds. Is it because you currently don't have them, but they're available, you could pay for it, or is it just mm -hmm. not available where you live? It's not available where I live. I have looked for higher speeds because I would like to keep working for this company, but right. it's just not available in my location at all. I understand. I, I get that completely. Okay, so in your situation, because there's the ones that have decided to make this a remote position, uh, they don't have the ability to require you to take this lower level position. What that means is this. You have two options. Option number one is you could do exactly as they've said, take whatever they've offered and continue working. The other option is you can treat this, we're talking constructive dismissal on the show, you can treat this exact situation as a constructive dismissal and mm -hmm. get your full severance. Now, you've been there for six years? Yes. And what kind of a job uh, did you do uh, before your mat leave? It was a trainer position. Okay. And, and how old are you, Stephanie? Uh, I'm 32. So you'd be looking at, at a minimum of six months severance, potentially seven or eight months. Uh, yeah. so, so your decision would be then either to do exactly as they've offered and as they've suggested, absolutely you can do that. Or you can say, no, that's a constructive dismissal, I'm gone, and then they have to pay you that, that six, seven, eight months of severance. Those are okay. the choices that you have. There's really not a third choice here. If you decide to go the constructive dismissal route before you do anything, I want you to give me a call off air in the office. You and I will have a chat and get into more details. But those are the options. Okay. Because the way that they presented it to me was that they still have a position for me, but my internet not being up to speed is my problem and I need to get that sorted. Well, the reason why that's not the case is because they've made the decision to have it remote, right? So in other yeah. words, they, they could have kept it the way it is. They've decided to change. So it's not your fault if... If, for example, it was always remote and now something happened, you don't have internet, it would be different because it wouldn't be right. their decision. But because they made the decision, they don't have the ability to penalize, quote unquote, you uh, in this situation. That's why you can consider this a constructive dismissal. Okay. I appreciate that. And I will definitely be calling you off air. Thank you. Awesome, Stephanie. Thank you so much. And again, just in case, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is how you go about doing that. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. John, thanks for standing by. How are you, pal? Uh, not bad, thank you. Beauty, what's on your mind? 
Okay, I'm just wondering uh, about the legality of a company not providing a pay stub. They just uh, send it through email. Uh, yeah, they could do that. They could send you pay stubs through email. Uh, they wouldn't be in breach of anything by doing that. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, John. Okay, thanks, John. Appreciate that. Quick and dirty. That's how we like them. Let's get back to our topic as we uh, get some more phone calls lined up here. All about constructive dismissal. Constructive dismissal, workplace harassment, is that a type or is it at the top end of it? What do you think? So constructive dismissal and workplace harassment. So we, we've talked about the fact that uh, kind of a, a standard basic constructive dismissal is when your employer changes the terms of your employment. But mm-hmm. you can look at constructive dismissal more broadly than that. And essentially, a constructive dismissal happens when your employer does something to you that makes it difficult to continue working. Well, Think about workplace harassment, right? If you're being harassed and bullied, well, that's pretty difficult to continue working in that environment, right? Right. So right. if you're being harassed, mistreated, bullied in the workplace, that gives you potentially the right to say no. By allowing the situation to happen, by making my life difficult, that's a constructive dismissal. It says, if you've let me go, Mr. Employer, now you have to pay me my severance. So oftentimes... That's the remedy that's available to an employee that's been harassed, that's been mistreated. When I kind of often say we can get you out of that workplace, what I mean is we can take the position that that's a constructive dismissal. Now severance has to be paid to you. So, yeah, oftentimes those two things, workplace harassment and constructive dismissal, John, they go hand in hand. You know, last couple of years, COVID, the uh, pandemic has changed so many things in the workplace from, you know, every possible angle. And this one probably as much. Have you seen more constructive dismissal over the past year or year or two due to, due to, uh, due to COVID? Well, absolutely. We just had a good example with Stephanie that called us. So, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure that pre-COVID, her employer wouldn't have decided to make a position remote. You know, it really wasn't a thing pre-COVID. So now her employer says, well, now we've changed the job. Uh, you have to work remote. She doesn't have the ability to do that where she is. Well, that's resulting in a constructive dismissal. So, yes, uh, I, I've seen much uh, constructive dismissal happen much more over the past couple of years during the pandemic. You know, the pandemic has caused employers to to make changes to, to how they uh, pay their employees, to when they pay their employees, uh, changes to the hours that they need their employees to work, uh, etc. Now, I want to make it very clear. An employer may make those changes for good business reasons. I am not suggesting that an employer makes these changes because it wants to hurt an employee. Not at all. They may have good business reasons. Maybe it's because of the pandemic, maybe otherwise. But the fact that there's a good business reason doesn't mean that it's still not a constructive dismissal. Uh, The employer may decide that, yeah, it's much better for my business that uh, everyone work afternoons instead of uh, nights. Right. Okay, that's fine. That may make a lot of sense for you, and that may be better for your business. But it still changes the terms of your employee's employment, so it's still a constructive dismissal. So just because there's a pandemic, just because your employer has to adapt to the pandemic, does not mean you don't have a constructive dismissal case. does not mean they can just change the terms of your employment. I've seen that happen countless times over the last couple of years. So if your employer does something to you and you think, ah, you know what, from based on the show, what I'm hearing tonight, that is a constructive dismissal. I'm pretty sure. What do you do? Well, you only have a short window to deal with this because right. if your employer does something, let's say they uh, change your shifts from morning to afternoons. Well, if you continue working more than a few weeks in that afternoon shift, 
you're going to be considered to have accepted it. And if you've accepted it, now you can't go back, you can't change your mind, you can't say constructive dismissal. So you have a choice to make when that change happens. You can accept it, just like I was saying to Stephanie before. You can accept it and continue working, fine. Or you can say, I'm not accepting it. I am choosing to look at this as a dismissal, again, constructive dismissal, and get my severance. But you only have a short and small window to do that, usually a few weeks or so, two, three weeks, something in that range. If you go beyond that, it's going to be too late. So whenever you're faced with the change, make that decision. Think about whether you're okay with accepting and being kind of stuck with that new change. Or if you want to say, no, that's not good, I'd prefer to leave with my severance. Interesting point, too. As Stephanie said, you know, she tried to fix the internet thing because she, quote unquote, likes working there. A lot of people are going to be in that boat. They're, they're team players, maybe they've been there for years. They've got, they got friends and pals in the workplace. What are the repercussions if they just kind of stick along with changes in the workplace and don't call constructive dismissal? Yeah, and that is a problem because your employer, as I said, doesn't have the right to just make big changes to your employment. But if they do and you let it, you accept it because you want to continue working. By doing that, you've given them the right to do it again. So, yes, they, they changed my shift by a couple of hours. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but I'll accept that. Okay, well, by doing that, now they can do it again and again and again. So now, all of a sudden, instead of a couple of hours, it's a brand new shift, completely different hours. Why? Because you let that happen the first time. So you have to really think about that. You don't want to open that door a crack because then it can just be kicked wide open. So I want you to consider that it's not a good idea to just accept changes without at least thinking about constructive dismissal. Appreciate the calls tonight. They were fantastic. There was a few of them, and they're all really good. You want to continue on the conversation with Lior and his team. Now that we're done, we can do so. 1-855-821-5900. Keep that number. 1-855-821-5900. Email address help at employmentlawyer.ca. And this website, go there first, even before the phone call, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tons of information. It's free. It's anonymous. And you will have free access to the very simple-to-use severance calculator as well. Over 